0: Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to Jazz Is Travel. Mike, I would like to ask you, do you think of yourself as a piano player or as a composer, Hello, everybody. Jazz is online editor Matt McCutchey speaking and welcoming you to a brand new episode of Jazz is Travel. Now, in case this is the first time you're listening, this is a podcast series where we talk about jazz and creative music in different parts of the world. We particularly focus on multicultural projects and talk with or about groundbreaking and innovative artists from different parts of the world. Pianist-composer Bram Veters is based in Antwerp and is certainly one of the most exciting voices on the contemporary Belgian jazz scene. He has led and participated in a wide range of projects, including his Crazy Men Ensemble, which recently released their second full-length record, The Return. The band consists of musicians from a wide array of contemporary jazz bands and offer thrilling reinterpretations of Belgian jazz rock and fusion from the 70s and if you don't know much about this fascinating scene which was populated by local and international talent then you've definitely come to the right place. The return is available now and this conversation was recorded before the album was released. It was a pleasure speaking with Vaters and I hope that you will enjoy listening to our conversation. So fire up an audio and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is Bram Baiters. Hey Bram, welcome to Jazz's Travel. Hi Matt. It's a pleasure to speak with you, Bram. I mean, first of all, uh, this is how I like to start my
1: podcast interviews here. Uh, Where are you speaking to us from? I'm uh, speaking from Antwerp, so in Belgium.
0: Yes, beautiful, a beautiful place. Uh, yeah i I like it here yes bram in a moment we'll be talking about your forthcoming record uh with your crazy men ensemble the return it's called and it will be out in august yes Uh, but i wanted to start by finding out a bit more about you it's kind of to start with an icebreaker question what is it that prompted you to to start learning piano
1: that's actually a difficult question because it's it's from uh a so 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 long time ago i mean i started <laughs> when i was uh, eight years so that's uh, more than 30 years ago already um and actually it's kind of funny because um it's I, I don't know if i have to have to really say this but i was really young and uh, it, I, I had like two older brothers and they were playing music and they would go to music school so it was just like kind of a thing that was expected that I would do. So all I had to do was, was choose an instrument. And back then I was eight years old. So I was like really drawn to some, um, some synthesizer music. There was, uh, what was it called? There was like a, a Belgian, uh, scene going on the new beat. It was like, really, um, like kind of, it was not very complicated. It was just like, kind of electro pop music in Belgium there was a whole scene Uh and um, so I basically just wanted to do to make that kind of music as a kid and so I asked my teacher so yeah if I want to do this what do I have to play then and then she said well then you have to start studying piano so that's When I started doing piano, but then of course, like the the whole direction of my music completely changed. So it's kind of, kind of funny. I I basically started because I liked synthesizers and then I started to study classical piano. So it didn't really have to do a lot with it, but, but yeah, I'm really happy. It's, it was kind of coincidence, but I'm really happy that I started it like that. And then I uh, pursued it because once you do it like really long, like and, and, then it yeah, becomes part of your identity, I guess. Yeah. Would you say that you were born then in a musical family? It was not really a musical family because, because it was a very supportive family. I mean, my, my parents didn't play music themselves, but they were really supportive. And I had two older brothers who played uh, music. Um, and so that was like a, a really good environment for me. Uh-huh. It was also... Um, in Belgium, we had, we had some nice, uh, very accessible music education, even in the, in the pretty small town where I was from. And so I think, yeah, the whole environment was really supportive of it. So that's actually yeah. really nice. Yeah I'd love to ask you more
0: about that. I mean in your career so far you've worked and then and studied uh, uh w- lots of different genres but when was it that you do you remember when it was that you began to gravitate towards jazz?
1: Yeah I, I remember I was uh, so I already told I started going to music schools so back in the days there was not really a choice so it was like mostly classical music well mostly like only classical music actually uh, which I really liked by the way so and I'm, I'm also really happy that I have gotten this this background mm-hmm. but then when I got a little uh, older like uh, in, in my teens um, I started to play with my older brothers like uh, I was drawn to like rock music and, and garage and, and all this stuff and punk music but I always um, I really loved the energy and the freedom I really loved at the other side the the subtilities of, of the classical music but I didn't find like the, the the real freedom like in in the more popular music I was playing so I was really searching for my own ideas and and I wanted to also like compose and to improvise. And so that's when I got interested in, in jazz. So I asked a little bit around and I had like a really nice teacher who was really open and he just said, well, then you should just listen to it. And so basically when I was, I can't remember exactly the age, but probably like 14 or 15, I just would go to the library like every two weeks or even more. And I would just pick out random CDs, um, from the jazz section and just listen to it and i was really lucky because i remember the, the first one or one of the first ones was uh something yeah. else so by cannonball adderley but yeah. it's like basically it's like miles davis is on it and he plays like a huge role on on the whole album and i i just remembered that i was listening to it and and yeah it really touched me so much especially like this this melody like the like there's autumn leaves on that album and and miles is playing it and and it was just yeah it moved me a lot and i think that's really the moment that that really that changed like my career basically because then i was like oh this is actually something that's moving me so much i want to do something with this it wasn't clear what i would do with it but i mean it's it was something to stay so would you say that uh
0: there's an eclectic scene where you can actually have a good musical formation.
1: Yes, I think I think so. Yeah, it has to do, I think personally, it has to do with two m- major things. It's just like the the accessible education that's there. I mean, with accessible that it's, um, it's spread all, all over the country, especially in, in, in the north of Belgium, so in Flanders. And it's also accessible in a way that it's, it's not too expensive and that it's uh, open to anyone, at least in theory. Um, so that's one part of, of the story. And the other part is that there's also uh, a very yeah, eclectic scene because, well, Belgium is uh, pretty small. And that means that everything is close together. But also we have like the, the the languages the different languages in belgium and it's not only languages so we have like dutch french and even a little bit of german-speaking people in belgium but it's also kind of different cultures it's a little bit the border between like a germanic culture and a, and a roman culture between the dutch and, and the and the french-speaking people and it all melts together in in the capital in brussels and that makes that there's a lot of influences um so it's also it's people are also like looking a little bit more internationally I, i remember when i was young i would watch TV and it would be uh, it would also be often Dutch TV and I know I'm pretty sure that in in uh, Wallonia in Belgium a lot of, of the of the kids would just watch French TV and so it it all comes together so it's right. not it's it's a, yeah it's it's open and there's a lot of influences so I I, I really like that so multicultural is one of the
0: words that you would describe the Belgian music scene what about uh Antwerp in particular and when we look at the contemporary jazz scene What's it like there? I mean, in terms of live music venues, but also just in terms of the the talent, the musicians there.
1: Well, of course, it's it's a bit a difficult question right now because with the yeah. whole Corona thing, there's um, yeah we kind of lost a little bit um, the whole scene or like the, the the connectivity in the scene because there there haven't been a lot of uh, well there haven't been live concerts for like almost a year Mm. so it's a bit difficult now to reflect on that but in in, in general I think uh, because Belgium is so small it's it's uh, difficult to to really talk about an Antwerp scene I think because it's so close to to Brussels and Ghent and um, it's it's more like the Belgian scene and then some sub scenes and but that's really interesting because it, it makes that it's um there's also like a lot of uh, going on between between the scenes between the mm. sub scenes i mean it, it feels different if i go to play in ghent it feels different for me although it's only like one hour of driving and the same in brussels so that's that's a thing that i really like the scene is pretty happening actually there's a, a lot of well there used to be i hope i ho- really hope everything is coming back yeah there used to be a, a lot of um nice venues and and opportunities to play and great musicians to meet there's also like we have a uh, A lot of conservatories, actually, for music. So we have uh, Ghent, Antwerp, uh, Brussels, uh, Leuven, and then we have even uh, Liège, so in the French-speaking part. So we have a lot of stuff going on on, on for for being a really small country, actually, Mm. and that's what I really like. That's the good thing about
0: being in a small country. I say that uh, as I'm speaking from another small country, relatively small, Ireland, easier collaborations between different cities.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah, it's true. But especially, I mean... We're a small country and we're in like really close to other stuff. We do I mean, we're yeah. not on, like, we don't have, a, we're not surrounded by water. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm living true. in, I'm living in Antwerp. And if I drive for, uh, I don't know, like in, in half an hour, I'm already in the Netherlands. Actually. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's uh, pretty close. And I can be in, in, uh, in Paris in like three hours. Yeah. Um, it's not that it happens a lot, but it, it gives some some opportunities. For example, in, in, in the Netherlands there's well yeah, the the, the Belgian scene I, I have the impression that they're also playing a lot in the Netherlands, or especially the Flemish scene. So that's really nice. <laughs>
0: The track you are hearing just now is Carol, as interpreted by Bram Vater's Crazy Men. This is a composition by American guitar legend Bill Frizzell, who lived in the Belgian city of Liege in the 70s and became an integral part of the fabled Belgian jazz rock and fusion scene of the time. The song is one of the tracks from The Return, available now on SD-Ban Ultra. Here is our second part of our conversation with Bram Vaters. And I mean, this ensemble, Crazy Man, also kind of represents The uh, vividness of the scene in Belgium because I mean it does include uh, several uh, great musicians from from there from the country
1: yes yeah it's it's basically it's it's like all well not all but it's it's based on on the Belgian scene from the 70s so there was I was kind of um, also surprised to find out what 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 was happening back then because when I was um, before this project i mean it's already second album so we started i think like 3 years ago or 4 years ago already uh, but before i was m- really way more into the international scene i was i mean i didn't really know a, l- a lot of of the of the belgian scene of course it's not that big of a scene so i knew a lot of people personally or i heard talking about them but then if if i was checking out what they were doing in the 70s or now it could be like really different and so it was really a uh, really nice to 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 discover all this stuff that was going on and uh just as i said it was it's focusing on 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 uh, belgian people but it's like more on the on the scene so for example the guitar player bill frizel he used to live in liege in the early 70s and so he was basically playing like with Belgian bands. And so, for example, then we're playing like a, a couple of Bill Frizel tunes from that era because huh. it's because he played it with all Belgian musicians. And that's, it's nice to have this connection between the international scene and, and, and uh, the, the Belgian scene. And as well as, as that a lot of people now I know them personally or. I know a friend that like used to play with them, so that's it's it's really close enough to to be um, to be really personally involved with the music, but it, it's also for me just distant enough so that it's it's it still feels like like another era or another scene. I mean, it's it's music from before I was born, so I'm I'm born in like in the eight well in just 1980, so like all the music is is way. From way before what, what I know, especially since I only got into jazz like when I was 15 or something. So that's right before the nineties. I didn't really, I wasn't connected in with the Belgian scene. So, but
0: what think, were the, the things that kind of drew you to this, uh, uh Belgian jazz rock scene of the seventies?
1: It was a, it was actually a, a, a question of a, of a programmer here from a venue in, in Antwerp called Rataplan. I've, uh, I used to play there a lot. It's also like really close to my home. So it's like a two minute walk. He basically asked, uh, to do a project about Kun de Bruyne, which is one of, of the piano player. So from the, from the Belgian scene from the seventies. Unluckily he died in 1976, I think. And he, uh, he also has a brother who's, um, who's more like a singer songwriter and he's quite in in dutch so dutch speaking so he's quite famous and so Koen de bruyne the, the jazz guy who played also with all these pop bands and he used to play a lot of classical music worked for the belgian uh, national broadcast he did one album here comes the crazy man and that's kind of a, a cult album and it's it's really interesting and so the programmer it got reissued by the label SD Bun, who's releasing uh, our record now. And so the programmer of Rataplan asked like, yeah, don't you feel like you want to do something with this music or like make a reinterpretation of this? And that's when I really, uh, got into the music and, and really started listening to, to a lot of this stuff. And then and I got really enthusiastic. So I says, yes, we're going to do this, but not only this music, I want to I want to like reinterpretate a lot of of the music from that same scene but from different people and so that's how we got into it and then um, and then I discovered a lot of of really nice things.
0: Who are some of the other artists then that you were listening to when you got into it more?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, so Kunde Brunnan is the piano player and then um, in his band was basically like a lot of people from another. Not too confused with the with the UK UK rock band, but there was a band called Placebo. Right. Um, and it was formed by Marc Moulin, was another piano player. And he made like beautiful music. So I started with Marc Moulin and his band Placebo, and then he had also different bands after that. And so then I started checking out musicians that he played with, like Trumpeter Richard Rousselet, and checking out with with, with the bands that they were playing. So then I, I came to, um, Michel Herr and his band Solis Lacus. And then, um, for example, Steve Huben is, is still a saxophone player. And that's a saxophone player who used to play like in the seventies with Bill Frizzell. And so then I checked out a couple of those musicians and then I, I i came across some uh, compilation albums and then i'm i found for example uh in, in the archives of, of the of the brt so the Bel the vrt it's now but it's the belgian national broadcast they, then they appeared they had like a huge archive of uh, for example recordings of the jazz middleham festival so i started checking that out and then i came across for example uh, bob porter and jack van Pol. Who is a piano player that i kind of know personally but I, I i didn't really know what he was doing in the 70s so it's i i kind of discovered a, a whole new scene and also one of my favorites who i knew already really well was philippe catherine belgian guitar player yeah and um who also like reissued a couple of his 70s albums also some years ago so it was, I think it was also the right moment that there was like really interest in all this music.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds fascinating. And uh, and I'm wondering, though, when you are looking for the material to reinterpret for The Return, which is actually your second album, I should specify uh, yes. to our listeners, uh, with Crazy Men. Yeah. Uh, but b- when, you, when you settle on kind of a program, of compositions from this particular period of the Belgian jazz rock scene. How do you approach that? Do you approach that process creatively? Or are you staying reverent to the to the specific style that was in vogue in that scene in
1: the 70s? The idea was to, to really uh, do it creatively. Uh-huh. So but the start was, was, um, yeah, well, the start was pretty clear because the start was really reinterpreting a whole album, the Kunde de album. So the album is called Here Comes the Crazy Man. So that's why the band got called Bram Wetter's Crazy Man. Ah. And then our first <laughs> album was called Here They Come. Um, <laughs> From so, 2019. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then so we did a tour and then the, we played like two sets and one set we played the whole album. And then in the second set, we just played like a, a compilation of, of other music that was related to the album. All right. So that was how it started. But the idea back then and st- still now was because I listened to the music and for me, it, it was, I've, it felt like this music is like really relevant nowadays. And actually in a way it could have been written now. So I kind of approach it as not as an album that already existed, but I just transcribed the whole stuff and then kind of checked out like, okay, this is like really composition. This is what, what they already composed. And this is probably like how they interpreted it. And then, and then I just decided to, to, um, approach it as if it was written like, nowadays so as if a friend of mine would have come in and said like okay i have a couple of compositions here let's play it and then we started playing it so and then i started making arrangements and then the band members had of course a a lot of influence and so then we 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 made our our own thing of it and then while playing every uh, everything evolved and changed So, and that's also how I approached the, like for the second album, because it's actually, um, it's actually a a live album. So after the first album, we did like some touring and then I, I started adding always new material in the, in the, in that second set where we're not playing the whole album. So in the end, we had like a whole, yeah, a whole bunch of tunes that, that we had played and that was Evolved Live. And then, um, so I think we recorded live 15 concerts or something. Uh-huh. And so then I kind of made a compilation out of that and then started. Um, and then I approached it more like as if I was a doing a remix of somebody else's material. So I first mixed like the whole thing, all the live recordings, and then I just started to like, edit it and and, uh, skip stuff and then make nice transitions as if I was uh, like a DJ working with this material.
0: That's awesome uh, that you did that. I think for in one of the tracks too, I could hear the sample of an online computer voice. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, in, in the, in the, on the first album, so because I did like all the research about, uh, about the Belgian scene, I, I, I went to the the archive of the national broadcast and then they had like a lot of interviews and stuff. So I started to use samples during the live show because some, sometimes these, I just used like one sentence, but it, 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 it gave a whole atmosphere about uh-huh. the tune and it was interesting for example. So the, the piano player Marc Moulin who's pretty well known in, in Belgium then I didn't know but then it says like uh, that he's basically he was basically the the president of the fan club for Miles Davis in Belgium so that was <laughs> wow. like in this interview so I, I kind of just used this little sentence because then we played like an intro that actually before I even knew reminded me really of of like of, of a Miles album like uh, sketches of Spain. So it was kind of funny. Everything came together. So I started using these samples, and then I came across, um, for example, about Jack Van Paul, so the piano player. Then I checked out his discover- discography, and then he had all these funny titles. So I was like, oh, I want to use this as a sample, but I, I didn't have anything about it, so I just Put it in a, in a computer and then the computer voice just read his d- discography. And I thought like, yeah, this is what I'm going to use. And then we made like a, a whole mashup basically of, of, uh, of, uh, three of his songs. So we used uh, the bass line of one of his tunes. And then, um, and then he had like written kind of a, a, a single that got pretty popular with it kind of easy melody and so then i put that melody on top of it and then i reharmonized it and then we used this as a basis for soloing and then we added the, the computer voice just um just basically reading his discography and so it yeah. be- became a yeah a, a mashup so it's it it got um, really different from the original at right. some points yeah
0: yeah 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 but did you, did you enjoy just going back to the uh the the way in which this this project was brought to life did you enjoy the post-production process let's say let's call it that of going back over the live recordings that you mentioned
1: yeah um yeah of course um well of course yeah i mean it's always a bit double i mean i love playing live and being in the moment yeah And so that's a completely different state of mind of uh, actually producing an album. And, but I did, I really did like most of it. The end mix I didn't do myself in the mastering, but before I did basically everything myself. And then it's, it's really interesting and it's a lot of fun. And I'm really glad I did it. But it's also, um, it's also hard at some moments. Yeah. Because it's just, yeah, well, it's just also a lot. I mean, there's like just a lot of audio, and it's a lot of concerts. And so you have to make a lot of decisions. And I'm not a really good decision maker. So that makes it sometimes complicated.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can imagine that that would be would be difficult. Did you do that during the uh, the lockdowns?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, this is really like, so that was a a good thing. Thanks to Corona, this album is ready. (laughs) But do you Um, find that, you
0: know, speaking of the challenges that have been, you know, that you've had to kind of deal with during the times of the Corona, the times of the lockdown, has it also kind of encouraged you to try out different things, uh, perhaps different methods with which you you would bring your music to life?
1: Yeah, I think so. But for example, this album, I I was already, I had the idea in, in mind, so it was, it was not that uh, that the whole idea emerged because of of Corona, but it's very likely that if 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 the pandemic wouldn't be there, that the album would never got finished. Maybe because, mm. well, I'm just I'm, I'm playing like different projects. I'm doing my own stuff, but I'm also like very busy as a sideman, and so it's it's um it's hard to keep. Well, it's it's not hard, but it's fun to keep all this stuff together, but it's hard to um to know like how much time is going to be left in the end right so sometimes it's like sometimes my own projects are the most flexible because i can just like kind of put them in the drawer and wait for another three months but that's also dangerous because sometimes then stuff doesn't happen so i think it's it's um yeah it's really thanks to corona that i had (laughs) the time to really do it yeah all right well thanks very much Bram. thank you matt
0: I hope you enjoyed this new episode of Jazz Is Travel. Don't forget that The Return by Bram Bater's Crazy Men is available now, and that I will return for more globetrotting conversations next week for a new episode of Jazz Is Travel. In the meantime, why not check out more content on jazzis.com, our regularly updated website with features, news, reviews, and more for the jazz newbies and the jazz aficionados. And of course, you get more exciting exclusive content when you subscribe. Till the next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay strong, and I'll see you soon.